Earners, what's up? Look, I want to give y'all a little peek behind the curtain of producing Earn Your Leisure. It's a lot more than just sitting down and chatting. It involves meticulous planning, recording, editing, and then promoting each episode to ensure it reaches all of you. And if you picked up any of our merch, then you know there's a whole extra layer of logistics from inventory management to shipping. Running a podcast is like running a small business. And speaking of business, I know many of you entrepreneurs are involved in e-commerce. You understand how crucial it is to streamline operations and cut costs wherever possible. That's why I want to talk to you about ShipStation, the multi-carrier shipping solution that integrates seamlessly with all your online sales channels. It's all about optimizing your shipping, connecting with expert partners, and freeing up more of your time to focus on scaling your business. Now let's talk about our experience with ShipStation. This tool has been a game changer for us, especially with automating routine tasks. Being able to manage everything from one dashboard and print shipping labels with just a click, absolute lifesavers. Plus, the discounts we get on shipping costs are incredible. Honestly, it feels like we're saving thousands. And as our show and merch sales have grown, ShipStation's robust automation and reporting features have helped us keep up without missing a beat. For those of you who get overwhelmed by order volumes, ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard is a dream come true. You can import orders from any sales channel, apply shipping preferences automatically, and handle customer service issues right there. Not to mention the savings with up to 89% off carrier rates like UPS, DHL Express, and USPS. It's no wonder over 130,000 companies stick with ShipStation long term. So, are you ready to turn your shipping challenges into growth opportunities? Head over to ShipStation.com and use promo code EARN for a free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code EARN. Start streamlining your shipping and scaling your business today. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. So what we built. I want to ask about the festival before then. Let's go through this. You're born in America. What year were you born? 88. You're born in 88. And 95, mm-hmm. you go to Africa, Ghana for seven years. Yep. So that's like what, like third grade, something like that? Uh yeah. Second second grade. Second grade. grade up until like I came back when I was in eighth grade. So you go from second grade to eighth grade, which effectively is like where you're actually growing up. Correct. So so you're growing up in, in, in Ghana. You come back in for high school in New York? Yep. Went to Walton High School, high school for teaching professions in Walton. It was a high school was inside a, of the high school. Inside of the high school, inside of the <laughs> high school. So, you know, we wore uniform. It was crazy. Um, but, you know, even like transitioning between coming back from Ghana to go to school, it was a culture shock because I, I hear students talking back to teachers. Well, that's what I, so that's what I was getting at. <laughs> so it's like, all right, you, like French Montana, he, he moved to the Bronx. Yeah. From Morocco. Morocco, Morocco, Africa. But he just was in there for 12 years and then moved. So it's, it's not as... I, you were in America, in the Bronx, yeah. went to Ghana, and came back to the Bronx. Yep. How was that for you as far as a culture shock is concerned? And we have another friend from Nigeria, and he was saying, like, in Nigeria, like, that's real popular. Like, 
parents make sure that their kids go back to to um their country for a couple of years just they don't want them to lose the culture yeah and they don't even live with them like they'll send them with an aunt or an uncle i lived with my grandmother and my uncle so i lived with my uncle the first couple of years and then with my grandmother um which was an experience my uncle hustled in japan as in he left ghana to go to japan to learn how to like make money so he moved back to ghana to start his own businesses and uh but he, it was very different in the dynamic because I'm not with my parents. I don't really know him as an uncle like that. Mm -hmm. I just met him when I moved into his house. You know, we're living in a house that is in Medina Zongo. It's very different than the people we go to school with who are all living in like luxury. So my dad kind of, in his mind, he did that purposefully because he wanted us to be able to have that balance. Uh, at the time, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't like it. I just, it was just kind of like, I didn't understand why they would leave us here, you know? Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, like, they'll make us feel happy by like shipping us a bunch of boxes of cereal <laughs> or like powdered milk, you know? It's real, man. You know, you know, it just kind of made you take um, appreciation for like being able to go to the corner store and get like a gallon of milk um, or get a bag of chips or a quarter soda after the quarter water or something like that back then so whenever we would get to come back for the summertime were the best times right because then you get to go back to Ghana and go to school and show them all the new kicks show them all the new gear tell them like all the new music that's you're coming out yeah you're the man all right when you, you, you when you have that uh I guess proximity to abroad in Ghana during those times you were the man like you know what I mean it was it was very very popular I think the internet has kind of changed that because now they can see everything mm -hmm. as we see it um, but back then, you know, you were the man because you kind of brought them culture that they didn't really uh, have access to. So, yeah, it was interesting. So and I think we came right around 9-11. We moved back to the U.S. And uh, my pops was like, you know, do you guys want to stay? And we're like, yes, dad, we want to stay. <laughs> please. <laughs> please. Yes, and like, you know, and, um, you know, we stayed and, and it was it was a culture shock because going to school, like I knew about the clothes. Like, you know, my brother would let me hold his Jordans. I'll never forget. You know, that's the reason why till to this day I, I'm still trying to find the cool gray 11s because you know my dad my brother would let me rock the cool gray to put those up <laughs> yeah i know but it's cool the threes are my favorite all right we got those right? too. <laughs> um so you know our rockers you know and you know the thing that connected all of us was hip-hop like you know at the time i think jada kiss and beanie seagull was was, was going at it, was going at it. and yeah. uh, my brother was like always putting us on to like the music the mixtape, you know, letting us know what's going on yeah. so you know that was the one thing i could connect with them on because you know, we we were taught to be demure, like to teachers. Like you couldn't talk back to a teacher. You couldn't look at him in the eye because you were afraid that you would get beat. And I was in Ghana; they would beat you in school. <laughs> so back here, people were just cursing at teachers. <laughs> yeah. I, just, like, I was I was on I've seen I was on the yeah, end of that. I used to look at like you, know, <laughs> you talking to the teacher like like you know what I mean. So it was um it was an interesting you know culture shock. culture shock at the time because I wasn't used to that for a very long time. I I couldn't understand how people were talking to teachers like that at the time. How quickly you know, did you adapt to that? Uh, you know, I never talked back to it. I think I, one time in high school, but that's that was out of anger, man. Somebody was trying to play me. You know, you know, in high school they was throwing paper and it's stuff different. like yeah, that. Yeah, back yeah, then. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are those are things. That's like the only fight I've ever had in high school, and you know that. But outside of that, like you know, it was it was dangerous then because did there you, was a lot of gangs and did you did you schools. did you have issues like embracing your African because like you said now it's, it's a vibe as far as um, Afro beats has really you know it made it cool but back then you know kids is ignorant and, and cruel and just people which is ignorant in general so I see I've personally seen like African kids getting teased yeah like you know what I'm saying and it's is it, it looking back on it? That's something that's very mis. Un, it's unfortunate, but I've seen it happen and in any group of people right that's just happens like so 
I guess sometimes you either like drill down on just like becoming, you just have a pack of people or sometimes you just try to assimilate and you try to get away from who you are. Nah, um, I couldn't do that. My parents had a restaurant. It was really well known that this is a restaurant. When I came back from Ghana, I had an accent. It was thick. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but you know, it was just jokes, right? So if somebody joked on me, I joked on them. Like, I'm African, but I'm flying than you. Like, those kind of things worked <laughs> yeah. back then. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, but, you know what I'm saying? It would, it would just be like quick jokes. And then eventually, you know, kids are shallow in, the, in that. They didn't really joke on you if you was fly. Like, or if you had, like, a little bit of money That's or something like that. Like, yeah. it, it was, like, yeah. the one Pleasure. thing that, that um, let them know. And then also, like, I had a, I have a very big family in the Bronx. Like, you know what I mean? I have seven brothers eight brothers mad cousins like you know what i mean so it wasn't something that people he wasn't knew. an outcast i wasn't yeah. an outcast i wasn't something that like i don't remember ever getting picked on like you know um because you know my big brother would come on mm -hmm. and maybe once in eighth grade you know i got picked on. my <laughs> brother came up to the so school some things you don't forget yeah so some, you don't forget that like you know what i'm saying but yeah. like i always had people in my community that was like always gonna hold it down and I knew the blocks like right you know, on Burnside Avenue that's our neighborhood like people knew like my whole family nobody really messed with my pops Dominicans up there all of them know like who my pops is and who my block like my brothers are and my yeah. family is they don't really Cedric Avenue you know on right there Birth of Hip Hop you know right by Walton you know we grew up there so my, my cousins were, were there and they were in the neighborhood for a long time nobody really messed with us like you know so it was really just about being able to get from high school to home, right? So being able to <laughs> bypass that four train. People really don't understand that part. Yeah. Of being like, and it's something I had to learn, right? So yeah. we went to school out here, but like when I started teaching there and I started coaching, I'm so used to being transported to and from like like a game by a school bus. Yeah. Until I realized I got to take the five train. Yep. And I got to take two train, and I got to take the bus, and it's like you're susceptible to everything. But then you everything. forget like the kid who's getting on the bus at ten years old or the train, he's susceptible to everything too. So yeah. like that. Being in New York City, like those things, you don't even think, you just kind of like, all right, it's part of life. I didn't realize it was trauma until I got to Syracuse. Okay. Um, because University? I was, yeah, Syracuse, like, you would go through the metal detectors to go to school. Yep. Um, you know, there was a time where I, I didn't even go to the second floor because DDP was there. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was just, like, if you were black, you was, you know, anything could happen. Uh, or the nine bus or the 22 bus, you know, people coming from Kennedy. <laughs> right from Kennedy, yeah. then you meeting with people going from Walton on the four train, coming with people from Evander. It was just like so many different ways that it was dangerous. That you know, it was an interesting time. But you know, thankfully, like you know, for me, I was always a pretty good student. But also, like because I had my family, you know, I didn't really have that many problems. I, I knew people in Roosevelt, I knew people in all of these schools that like will always hold it down for, for me and the family. So we never had much worries, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And you know, my dad told us how to defend ourselves as well in the block as well. Yeah. So we was always good. Um, but it was definitely a culture shock because it was something I didn't have to worry about in Ghana. Like, you know, in Ghana, all I had to worry about was going to school, the driver will come pick us up, take us home, the food will be made for us. You know, maybe they iron our clothes for us, they wash our clothes for us on the weekend. I didn't have to worry about any of that. When I came to the, back to America, it was just kind of like a reality about, you know, knowing how to protect yourself in that time. And I think New York is completely different than it was when I was growing up in high school. From, you know, from my perspective now, maybe I'm just kind of- In what way? I just don't think it's as dangerous. You know, I remember the Bronx, like it was. I just remember like more, it's more dangerous yeah, now. Ain't No, but I just remember like <laughs> I remember like it was a thing to not wear red. Oh yeah, the gang thing. Yeah. The gang thing that was early stages of the gang. Yeah, thing. yeah. So that was so, like heavy. They were still like 
tripping off of colors. Yeah, it's like, not like that now, but it's still it still has. No, I remember like being yeah. afraid to get a buck fifty. Like you know, that was that like was a, a thing. Thing. that was that's that was a, a real fear, yeah. right? So, yeah. and I feel like I don't necessarily know that that is a thing that I, I I'm like afraid to do. Like I, I don't know a block in New York City that I'm afraid to walk on. Back then. It was like, yo, I don't know about going there. Like, but you was also a kid, though, too. Yeah. I was also a kid. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Your, your environment, that's all you know, right? Yeah, it, it's yeah, like absolutely. that eight-block radius. It's yeah, like, all right, yeah. we don't leave here. Nah, nah, and if nah. we do, we better be on guard if we leave here. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it was interesting. I think that all of that just kind of made me who I am, and 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 all of that has seeped through in, in, in the way I've developed the business and how I'm thoughtful about how we invite people, how we extend our relationships to like the different people that we collaborate with and, mm. and, and have them come back to Ghana because it's really just to kind of show them that like there's a completely new world where you can just kind of like walk freely. You, to me, one of my joys is like walking in Ghana and seeing my friends that are not from Ghana just walk just in be. the streets, just be, and I love that for them. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.